Hello everyone, and welcome to the final chapter of N-T-F-W-F-C-T-C-1-S-T-U-R-P. Netflix is Transformers World for Cybertron Trilogy Chapter 1, Season Unofficial Recap Podcast, a subsidiary of the Can We Talk About Podcast. I get shot moments before getting onto the escape ship. My name is Joe. I am rated TV 14 for fear. I'm Kristen. So Kristen, it has come to this. The long journey ends. Goodbye, my friends. Episode six of the trilogy. The six, this, what would, a septilogy? No, a <laughs> sextilogy? Like, can we call it a series like adults? Whoa. No, a sextilogy of episodes in a trilogy of seasons of in a baker's in... dozen series <laughs> six episodes Kristen straight up do you think that everything came together in the end I mean that was a conclusion so I guess I have to give it some points for that I think they definitely shoved a lot of stuff in at the end there as I complained to you beforehand they tried to make us think a lot of people were dead in order to make drama which was pretty stupid <laughs> in retrospect <laughs> Um, and also just proves my theory that a robot is not... And this just proves um, my long-held theory that a robot cannot definitively be called for sure dead until their eyeballs flicker and go out. As, I mean, we did see that a few times this episode. Uh, twice. With uh, two people that died. <laughs> there were definitely times where I was like, oh, that person's dead. And then they kind of stumbled into shot a few seconds later. I'm like, oh, okay, nope, maybe not. Nope, they were like, haha, you thought. So, Kristen, the naming conventions of the episodes. This is... Uh, the biggest albatross of these episodes. Yeah, wrap it up. You did me. this to yourself. I will own that I did this to myself. And I, for this one here, Kristen, n- not a lot of focus on one person. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing. I could say the Guardian for the big man Omega Supreme who shows up for 35 whole seconds. Can you imagine how confused I was when I saw that guy show up? <laughs> Uh, but I think I just went for the really boring answer, and I'm just going to go with the Lita for Optimus. Alita? Not Alita, but the Lita. <laughs> the Lita, sure. The really bad plan. Kristen, will you allow me to, now that I have the full scope of everything, go back and rename episodes so I'm not stuck with fucking episode two being the traitor? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Okay. All right. Let me lay it on you this way. Episode one, instead of the scavenger for Bumblebee, we're going to go with the tyrant for Megatron. Why not the that? former Wait. slave? <laughs> Just curious. We do, all, right, we, all right, we know that Impactor is a former slave. I don't know if we know that Megatron's a former slave. He sure seems to talk like he is, doesn't he? I mean, he, if he's the leader, Kristen, he's going to want everybody else to think that he is a former slave. I feel like this is some unfounded slander that you were putting on Megatron that he's pretending to be a former slave. He needs to prove to me that he was a slave at one point. <laughs> I want to see proof. Episode two was the traitor for Ultra Magnus, and it's still going to be about Ultra Magnus, but because the traitor fucks with this completely, he's just now going to be the diplomat. I like that in your notes you have a question mark after it, which really shows your certainty in your choice. I was trying to find a way to put in, like, how do you, what do you call someone who wants to compromise? The compromiser doesn't sound like a good episode <laughs> title. Oh, the paralyzer. Ah, yes, he's the <laughs> compromiser. <laughs> Kristen, episode three is going to stay exactly the same. It's going to be the fixer about Ratchet. Cool. He seems to be our main doctor man now. I'm assuming he got onto the arc at the end because um, Red Alert sure didn't. <laughs> episode four I had as the mentor for Alpha Trion, which was a stretch at best. So now we're going to go back to the big yellow boy. The small yellow boy, actually. Yeah, come and, on. Uh, 
and call this one the Acolyte for the man who is got all the d- d- information in his brain. <clears throat> Temporarily. Episode 5 will now be called The Traitor, and this will refer oh, to great. Jeff Fire. <laughs> that kind of seems like a waste, but whatever. I can't argue with it. And episode five will be the leader for Optimus, because then we have... A leader di- for Optimus. We, we get, it's it's like poetry. They rhyme. You got the tyrant episode one, you got the leader on both sides of the... They're fur, they couldn't be further away from each other, Kristen. Are you saying that the word tyrant and leader rhyme? No. <laughs> okay. I thought that's what you were saying for a second, and I was like, Joe, you need to get your brain looked at. Whatever, Kristen. Episode six. Yes, sure. We got some conflict to resolve. And boy, howdy, do these conflicts resolve themselves pretty quickly because mm-hmm. we join Sound Blaster and the Impactors uh, already in progress here who have cornered Bumblebee, Cog, and RC. If you remember RC, remember how she just showed up out of nowhere? Well, she's still here. Yeah, and I, I guess that's because we um, we especially need, like, how many women do we have now? Three? <laughs> Because one of them died? There are, well, yes, because, and two of them are left on Cybertron, so RC's the yes. only one who actually ends up on the ship. Uh, okay. I thought Chromio was on the ship, whatever. Bumblebee's trying to salvage what's going on here. He's still like, hey, Sound Blaster, buddy, uh, let's make a deal here. A Kristen. Joe, I still can't tell if this is part of a plan or if they just got super lucky. <sighs> Kristen, Sound Blaster is not Monty Hall. They will not no. make a deal. And behind doors number one, two, and three happens to be death. His blaster. Pikachu, Pikachu. Oh, you explain what happens in your notes. See, I didn't understand that this was what was going on at all. So please enlighten me. So Kristen, in what I referred to as a bit of good luck, uh, the virus. Remember the virus from last episode too? Remember? Yeah, it, we answered some of our questions about that thing. It did, in fact, shut down Bumblebee um, for Somehow. a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So the virus starts affecting the lights in the Sound Blaster land here in uh, the Blaster Dome. And it allows Bumblebee, Cog, and RC to just kind of slip away from the Impactors and Sound Blaster. Even though it's really just the lights turn off and I feel like they should probably... Yeah, everyone's just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) They get into a car rather than transform themselves here, presumably because... Because Bumblebee's got a... Yeah, Bumblebee, uh, his brain gets melted here because the protocols get erased from his brain somehow through all of this. And RC has to pull him out of the driver's seat to drive this hovercraft. And they couldn't, like, like Cog isn't going to be able to carry Bumblebee on his back or anything <laughs> or whatever Cog transforms into. I don't know. I still really like um, the confusion about this just kind of being a car because in my brain, um, the alternate explanation is that is a person that they stole. <laughs> That's another Transformer and they're like, you're coming with us, buddy. We then switch over, Kristen, to the Energon zombies or whatever they are. Uh, yeah, we got our stupid explanation of this. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it. we did have an explanation about this at the end of last episode where we kind of guessed on what would happen and it's we're basically right. stupid, but we're basically right as to how it was resolved. Yeah. Kristen, I have an I have an issue. Here's the first of uh, two deaths that we have here. We saw Moonracer, poor Moonracer, get her arm ripped off at the near the end of episode five. And I think they were just really impressed with her voice actress's ability to like scream in mortal peril. Nobody bothered to like get close to her or like try to shoot nope. off the ones that were around her because she was actively having a freak out and they were like, she'll be fine. <laughs> it really takes until Moonracer is, like, almost totally overcome by zombies for Optimus to go, no, Moonracer. 
then he waddles over and she is uh, hanging out there armless and very dead and yeah her eyes like you said they fade away she doesn't even get like a for the cause or anything like she's just she's dead she's just dead i was really thinking okay so we hear that the zombies are called the sparkless yes I admit, I was up and around doing stuff while this was happening, and I misheard what they called them. And I thought they were called the Sparkles. <laughs> I was just about to make that joke, Kristen. I was reading <laughs> through my notes, and I was like, why are these things called the Sparkles? It's a little bit stupid. Just a little bit, though. Not that much. Well, and the other thing was because of the explanation of it being like, okay, you're Rochelle, uh, and you're in the sea of rust. You start looking for a new spark. Blah 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 blah. I feel like our thing of saying like they're near the all spark. Therefore, they are like, hello, boop boop beep beep boop. I'm alive, kind of. Um, I thought that was gonna mean that Moonracer came back to life like briefly. Nope. <laughs> no. Like even for two seconds, they don't do that. Come on, zombies. No. I I do enjoy the idea of. The Sparkless just, like, crowding around the Allspark because they think it will give them life, and the Allspark is a fucking inanimate object, so it just, you know, if it gets knock, knock, hello, you know, (laughs) nothing much can really happen for the Sparkless, unfortunately. Yeah, it just kind of, um, it's sphere of influence making a bunch of zombies, which is not the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. Um, but yeah, that is two two minutes into the episode, and we have our first death, and it's a trick, because we won't really... It's, they want you to think a bunch of people are dying, Joe, but they won't really do it. <laughs> Fucking pussies. Uh, Optimus also touches the big light of the Allspark, which makes the Zambos go away, which doesn't really make much sense either. If, nope. <laughs> again, if the Allspark was animating these people, then they would not fit the definition that Jetfire or Prowl or whoever give about, you know, the explanation about the Sparkless. It's kind of... Uh, Two separate things happen that don't really make sense in conjunction with one another, but we need to get these people out of here. This part with the Allspark being retrieved is gotten out of the way pretty dang quick at the top of the episode here. Optimus says, there's still hope. Not for Moonracer, unfortunately. Yeah, you don't have like a little nice thing to say about her? No one says anything about her. (laughs) (laughs) We cut to the Space Bridge team who are engaged in battle with a bevy of Seekers and will continue to be for basically the rest of the episode. Yep. Until our other death needs to happen. Communication is down, so they gotta hold their own. And Sideswipe, Kristen, there's... I mean, I don't think Sideswipe has a line here, but boy, does he look surprised when he sees Impactor being like, we'll hold him off. Yeah, we could do it. But but that's basically all we get of of that this episode is, hey, maybe Impactor actually is on their side, question mark. He dies before we can really get any kind of specific... Uh, I feel like we're, there. like, reminded... That Mirage is there, and that's pretty much the only thing we get besides Ratchet and Impactor's uh, brief but passionate love story. And the occasional Chromia is here with a gun. I don't I'm think also a woman. Either. Pew pew. We see the Decepticons. They are making their way toward the Ark here as RC and Cog and Bumblebee all get back. So at least Kristen, they can hand over the Energon here, and Alita, mirroring Optimus Prime, says. There's still hope in Optimus's voice, weirdly. Wow, that's crazy. I cannot tell you how relieved I am that they are going to be on different fucking planets in the next season. <laughs> Alita orders Wheeljack to get the Ark up and running fast as possible. We gotta fucking get going here because the Decepticons have now arrived and Seekers are just like, yeah, carpet bombing the Ark from above pretty much in Megatron. It's weird. You would think Alita feels like Wheeljack doesn't understand that they're in kind of a time-sensitive situation for how many times she is like, can you go like a little bit faster, Wheeljack? Wheeljack, we need to leave. I don't know if I made that clear. Kristen, there is so much 
Megatron or Optimus grandstanding in this episode, and I do not fucking care anymore. <laughs> I wonder if uh, Optimus was just finally becoming self-aware and uh, holding for time. <laughs> There's so many moments this episode where Megatron's like, finally, the victory, etc. I think I'm he like, says, oh, uh, find them, kill them, like, 30 times. <laughs> So he gives a little speech here, blah, 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 final victory, find them, kill them, you know, all that stuff. Alita tries to contact Optimus here and apparently can get through to him? Uh, I guess they're out of the sea of rusty dust or whatever. So she says, uh, the Ark is under attack, so don't bring the Allspark here. And Optimus is like, okay, I guess we'll rendezvous at the space bridge. Yeah, so him and Hound go off in that direction, and Jetfire and Prowl are sent to provide backup to the Ark here, and I'm just gonna assume that Optimus and Alita have a fucking straight connection that just... Ah, she finally called his cell phone. Oh, of course. There we go. Back at the Ark, Bumblebee wakes up here to, you know, the sounds of gunfire and everything. They got his ass back there, good for them. What happened? It's like, what and RC lays down what's going on here for them, which is we got to stop the Decepticons from getting into the Ark. And it's just her and Red Alert and some green cog. And the green cog is shot down almost immediately. So now Bumblebee has to be part of the first line of defense. Oh, no, that's Cog's brother. Rog. <laughs> Rog, no. <laughs> Red Alert throws out to him a better at fixing them not blasting them <laughs> not now dude we're kind of in the middle of something so apparently um bumblebee is like i wonder if the alpha triumph protocols have uh, any idea of what we should do when we're being shot at pew, pew, pew. and it turns out they're gone yeah and red alert somehow knew this as well he's like oh we looked in there but apparently we know that the virus was sent out here specifically to destroy the alpha triumph protocols i guess and then bumblebee's like <laughs> I, in my brain, he's like, ah, oh, shit. I can sneak out of here right now. <laughs> I don't have Alpha Trion in my brain anymore. But no, Red Alert hands him a gun. Time to choose a side, man. So he does. Um, We get a little bit more secret action. Slightly disappointed with um the Starscream presence in this series as a whole. But I guess he's around, so I can't complain that much. I'm assuming he will ascend somewhat, one would think, potentially, but it does seem like... Are you sure Megatron won't be, like, super mad when it turns out Jetfire isn't dead, actually? Did they run across each other in this episode? They didn't have, like, an exchange or anything. Oh, no, Jetfire punches Megatron at one point, right? Yeah, and he's still there at the end. So he's, like, in the neighborhood also. <sighs> Maybe. Maybe we'll figure maybe Jetfire dies really early into season two. Maybe. So then Starscream can uh put that metal <laughs> pin that metal on his chest. <laughs> Finally killed that guy I was supposed to have killed. But you're right, where like as far as Decepticons go, Starscream's the least important named Decepticon, I wanna say. Maybe a little more important than Barricade. <laughs> I don't know, because I feel like jointly Soundwave and Shockwave get kind of stuff just being in Megatron's general inner circle but like individually they actually don't have very much at all. Shockwave gets more than Soundwave I think. I think so too and do not get me wrong I love Shockwave in this series. He was a little freaking weirdo. (laughs) He really was. Mm -hmm. But uh, hopefully Starscream's yeah his stock will rise as the series goes on I'm hoping because I mean you gotta do something with Starscream. Come on he needs to get mad enough at Megatron to want to kill him. Maybe they won't make him a, a weirdo genocider as well. <laughs> that would be nice if we took a step back from all that. 
Starscream is outside here, Kristen. He is rallying the Seekers to kill everyone, but oh no, here comes Jetfire, and he makes very short work of the he other like Seekers. like four other Seekers at once. Those are his friends. Those are his former co-workers. The Seekers who aren't Starscream go down very easily, and we don't really get anything of the battle between Jetfire and Starscream here. Now we do get that uh, Starscream, like, kind of goes like, who is that very large gentleman? Never there. Oh, fuck! We immediately cut to Megatron and Soundwave as this fight begins, and Soundwave provides the information that uh, Laserbeak found, that Optimus is actually headed out, that Optimus is actually headed out to Sector 7, where the space bridge is, and Megatron, it takes him a little, it takes him like, like, I, I wrote in my notes here, it's just like, why would Optimus go there? Beat, beat, beat wait a minute the space bridge i almost appreciate it because it it does come across as a little bit goofy but it is also kind of i think a reasonable amount of time for someone to have a realization it's especially like it doesn't take him that long he doesn't immediately go like oh god damn it the space bridge he's like hmm gosh shit i feel like we hold on megatron for a decent amount of time before he like definitely not that he's stupid Mm -hmm. or anything but just like the way that's presented seemed very comedic to me (laughs) i really liked it I guess because it was funny. Megatron orders Starscream to go take a squadron and destroy the space bridge here, which... He gets a little bit of a Starscream. Wait, but... Starscream is also, like, in, like, a fucking collar and elbow tie-up with Jetfire currently as this order (laughs) is being given to him. But uh, Jetfire pushes him away, which Starscream's like, see you later, pal. (laughs) I guess that works out pretty well for him because um, since Megatron cuts him off, he doesn't have to explain what he was just doing and get in trouble. (laughs) Megatron and Barricade leave two here since Megatron is like, I need to fucking rip Optimus's head off myself. I gotta cool. do this. Yep. He gets close. And for the rest of the episode, almost, the only casualties other than Impactor that we get are like armies of mm-hmm. refractors. Yeah, which I guess they don't matter because they're former slaves. Okay, some Seekers do die, but considering they're as like, disposable as the refractors most of the time... It's not a good time, is basically what I'm boiling it down to. No, it's a pretty bloody conflict, and we do get a little bit more of the, wait, I'm sorry, what are, what's the goal of each of the sides again? Because this just seems all bad for everyone. And Alita finds out pretty quickly, too, like, almost as soon as the information is given to her that, hey, Megatron's leaving, she's like, oh, fuck, he knows about the space bridge, we gotta go. <laughs> and this is really helpful, she tells Wheeljack to hurry it up again. <laughs> For the eighth time in the last three episodes, I think. God bless him every single time. He's like, I'm, I'm working on it. You got it. And not like, get off my fucking back. <laughs> not like, this this thing's a hunk of fucking junk, dude. It's not like this entire plan rests on my cute little shoulders and it's super stressful. So we get to, Kristen, Megatron and a near literal army of refractors somehow ended up cutting off Optimus and Hound on their way to the space bridge. They run real fast. They were transformed. Megatron is like all, he, he is a tank currently and he is all fucking slow rolling up. He's like, oh baby, I'm gonna <laughs> savor this. Uh-huh, not a problem here. Apparently the space bridge was also just kind of right down the block. And Megatron needs to give his speech here, Kristen, of course, that uh, you're willing to tear the Allspark from Cybertron and threaten all life on this planet just to beat me. And you said I was mad. Optimus comes back with, um, the rainforest is actually already in a really bad (laughs) 
condition. So it doesn't matter well if down we the just rest destroy the rest of it. Yeah, like it's all, like let's just kill all the other trees. Who cares? You killed a lot of trees. He's drunk or something. <laughs> Megatron says Cybertron has already been destroyed by his war, and Megatron says. Yes, but the Decepticons aren't slaves anymore, so how about that? That's kind of a good point. And Optimus is just, you could have been Cybertron's greatest leader, but your thirst for power and revenge. <laughs> this is, Krista, this is honestly where I was just like, fucking fight already, please. I would have loved to have seen any indication that Optimus ever tried to like meet Megatron halfway at all. Because <laughs> apparently they knew each other when they were hanging out with Alpha Trine and stuff. So, like, did Optimus look at Megatron's liberation of the Decepticon slaves and everything and be like, actually, I'm not cool with that. All Optimus needed to do was be like, those were the old Autobots. The Autobots now are nowhere near as oppressive and can live harmoniously with the Decepticons. I promise. And, like... It, it, Megatron can still be like, no, Autobots will always be Autobots. But mm-hmm. at the very least, we remove the weird implication of Autobots as slavers. Yeah, and there's a whole thing. Again, I feel like having known each other as long as they have, it almost seems like Megatron was getting up to shady shit. And the entire time, Optimus was like, ah, they'll <laughs> probably turn out fine. Instead of like sending him a letter or something. Like, do you want to get lunch sometime? He's a shonen protagonist, Christian, an RPG protagonist, where he's just, like, willfully ignoring everything until it actually, until the Call of Duty <laughs> brings him up. Oh, I love Call of Duty. That's my favorite JRPG. Jetfire arrives at this point, Kristen, just start murking refractors. He, we see, I want to say, almost the exact same shot from the last, like, anytime Jetfire fires fucking missiles out of his back, I feel like we've seen that shot, like, five times this series. He and opens it- up his weird little bra. It does very well every single time, and he gives Megatron a big ol' uppercut so Optimus and Hound can just sort of pass through, and the conflict cannot take place here. And even when, later in the episode, Kristen, like I said like I said in my notes, I wrote down, shut up and fight already, Jesus. They really, they don't. There's not, like, a big confrontation between Optimus and Megatron. No, they get interrupted a lot in the middle of, like, it's seeming like there's going to be a confrontation, but whatever. Uh, Teletran is online, Joe. Teletran is back online here. Sounds like a dude-ass dude. I, I would, okay, this wasn't on purpose. I was about to say this before I realized that me talking about customer service has come up way too many times during us doing this series, but he just sounds like a customer service robot man. So Alita's just like, hey, turn on the defenses, Teletran. And Teletran's like, you got it, lady. And then the arc fires a bunch of lasers, which blows up almost all the reflectors around the refractors, whatever we want to call them. Looking a little bit like a mass murder, but you know. And Kristen, through this entire thing, I'm just like, there are a lot of them standing close to the engines. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then the engines finally turn on and fucking immolates a bunch of them. And I'm like, yeah. Honestly, am am I wrong for watching this and being like, oh, this seems a little bit dark. (laughs) Like, oh, geez, that's a lot of dead people in one place. It is rated TV 14 for fear, Kristen. I was afraid they got me. So the Ark heads off here, approaches the space bridge, but of course it has not yet been turned on. Mm-hmm. Alita then forms a strike team, which is different from the space bridge strike team. Is basically like, who do we got left? Well, let's go help Optimus. Which is weird, because I swear to God there's a conversation before... Oh, yeah, it was before they got the Ark up off the ground where Bumblebee's like, shouldn't people go help Optimus? And Alita's like, <laughs> fuck you! Um, and then once they're over at the space bridge, they're like, okay, everyone off the fucking space bridge. Wheeljack, just go around the block a few times. <laughs> 
See if there's a closer parking space. We're Can out of you here. imagine how relieved Wheeljack was to not have to go out there and deal with that bullshit? <laughs> like, yeah, I'll stay in the car. Absolutely. So Optimus is approaching here, but there are still seekers all over the place. Apparently the communication to Ratchet works too, because Optimus orders Ratchet, hey, turn on the space bridge because we really need it actually. And despite there being laser blasts everywhere, and I don't know if Ratchet says a word here, Kristen. I'm not sure. So explain what happens, because I have my own theory as to how this could have gone better. Ratchet just decides, fuck it, and makes a, a mad dash for the button to turn it on. Which he's very far away from <laughs> for some reason. Yeah. So Impactor sees that a laser is going to be very close to hitting Ratchet here. So much like Piccolo protecting Gohan, he jumps in front of the laser and uh, gets shot by it. And Kristen, I wrote in my notes here, just the way that this seems a little awkward because one, Ratchet doesn't immediately turn on the space bridge as Impactor is getting shot here. But he also doesn't, like, drop to a knee and grab at Impactor and be like, no, he just kind of sits there for, like, a second as Impactor falls to the He's ground. Like, oh, well, hmm. And then just very casually, like, boop, and turns on the space bridge. <laughs> so here's the thing. Um, there's just kind of a big blue button that he, like, pounds on, like, an arcade machine with his fist. And this is when I was thinking, you know how we could have solved this entire problem and s- instead of running to hit that button? You pulled a dang and rumpa, you wrapped the crystal ball in it bloody t-shirt and you threw it at the oh, button oh oh i thought you were gonna say that mirage is invisible and he <laughs> that also <laughs> stays near the button and is just like "Ooh, let me bink, and my version is a little bit more fun and dramatic and flirty but yours is fine too so we get a big blue laser which activates the space bridge the top part of this building turns into a fucking ring to contain the portal i guess whatever it seems like there is a sideways portal and like a, like a portrait portal and a landscape portal also. <laughs> Hamburger and hot dog portals. Now Ratchet like drops to a knee, kind of holds up Impactor <laughs> No, are you a bit. okay, Impactor? <laughs> and Impactor goes, thank you for showing me the light. If he was going to say something stupid, he really should have just confessed his love for him. <laughs> and he dies. I still think episode five, Kristen saw that coming. I feel pretty confident about that. Because I believe I said either he's going to die or what's going to happen. He's going to go to Earth with them. Okay. <laughs> Kristen, I severely dislike this entire sequence of Optimus on the outside of the building. Uh, where I wrote that at first he is doing some Super Mario 64 platforming. He's doing his triple jumps. <laughs> yeah, it looks really bad. And he's not even good at jumping. A, a refractor shoots at him and Optimus is like, whoa. So he nearly falls off. And then Chromia shoots at the refractor. And we see, like, a shot of Chromia, like, Optimus, like, oh, yeah, cool. And then Chromia gets shot. Yep. And we cut back behind, and there's more refractors coming up. And then those refractors get shot as Alita and, like, (laughs) the rest of the strike team come to help Optimus. And then Megatron prevents Optimus from pulling himself up to the fucking structure. Silent approach. He's just like, I'm here now, woo! There wasn't even a thing of Alita going, oh, look, there's Megatron. Like, (laughs) I'm just here now. Clock. I just, I was, I was not happy with it when Alita showed up. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is stupid. Optimus gets incredibly lucky twice and is saved here. And then just, it immediately fucking turns right back around and Megatron grabs him so they can tussle. And I don't like it. We briefly um, skipped over it, but the woman robot who shoots and protects Optimus from up top is Chromia, and the show calls her 
Alita, and then Alita, and yeah, and then Alita shows up. The subtitles do say Alita groans or whatever when being shot, and then the almost the very next lines are Alita's being like, "We got you back, Optimus. The cavalry's here." It's almost as if all the lady robots look exactly the same, except for the color they are. They have uh, slightly different heads, most of them. Except for Chromia and Moonracer, who have the same head, and the exact same body, and almost exactly the same color. Well, no confusion there anymore. Moonracer's dead. How do we deal with these two characters that are so close to one another? Eh, fucking kill one of them. Joe, I've been saying that since, like, the second episode. (laughs) So... Optimus and Megatron tussle here. Optimus gets the upper hand, gets Megatron on his back, punches him in the face, and then Optimus gets shot by a third group of reflectors! Just a a huge little contingency of um, Jimmy Stewart's are ready to kill his ass. (laughs) Optimus falls over, and we watch as the Allspark dramatically rolls from his hand here. Thank God that thing's not circular. It could have fallen right off the edge. Megatron picks it up. He's just like, I win Optimus Prime. How the pages, etc., whatever. Oh, how the turns have tabled. Um, and then Bumblebee somehow gets up there silently as well and just kind of pew-pews off of a part of Megatron that doesn't seem to hurt him as all, at all as much as annoy him. It, yeah, Bumblebee's pistol hits Megatron in the back and Megatron turns around like, who the fuck? And Optimus uses that opportunity to sucker punch Megatron directly in his face. Yep. Um. So I this I think was probably my favorite part of the episode. He picks up the Allspark and he's like, you know what? <laughs> it doesn't have to go through the portal with me. So he just chucks it into the space bridge. Prime on the mound and the pitch. <laughs> no, there goes the Allspark right out. That's a home run. He just fucking yeets that fucking Allspark right through the portal, and Megatron has his no moment. <laughs> He does um, make a face a little bit like, God damn it. (laughs) All he had to do was toss it back where Optimus couldn't get it, Megatron. So Kristen, after this here, this is a perfect time for one of the Guardians to show up. Remember the Guardians? Remember those guys? Uh, So a little like claw machine arm comes out of the ground. Yes. He just bursts through the ground like the crust of the earth, the metal crust of the earth. I'm not sure what (laughs) that was about. Okay. (laughs) So I was able to guess maybe that this was one of the Guardians based on his height and girth. The shoulder tracks that he has, too. I think they were pretty prominent in the shadows. Cool. Guess you didn't remember any of that, me. <laughs> um, another part of my brain was like, is this one of their weird gods inside the planet or something? <laughs> I can't even remember their name. Do you know what I mean? Primus is the, is the god. Okay. Former god. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I was thinking of something that was real. Kristen, I have a problem with Omega Supreme showing up here. There is uh, Megatron. Well, first of all, we don't know who he is, so that is a pretty big bummer. Well, I know who Omega Supreme is. Well, I don't, so it's just like one of these (laughs) large men has shown up. A large guy has shown up, and Megatron goes, So the Guardians have made a choice in this war. And Omega Supreme's like, No, no, actually, I'm kind of just doing this because I want to. He's freelancing. I really like your impression of Omega as well, <laughs> as if he doesn't sound like a guy stuck in honey. He is not acting for the Guardians. He made this decision on his own. But Kristen, the reason that I, like, the Autobots were winning at this point in my mind. The Allspark is off the planet. 
they accomplished what they needed to do, and now Omega Supreme's just like, hey, I'm here to help. <laughs> Look at uh, it. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll help. I, I see you guys are doing okay, but I'll still help. Uh-huh. Remember after this war is over how I helped you guys, right? Uh-huh. Everybody starts heading to get onto the arc here, and Kristen, like, there's a shot of apparently, like... <laughs> There's a very, there's a gap big enough for you to fall through. Which, hey, still you know what? That's the sort of thing where when I look at it, I bet, I feel like I would think to myself if I gave it enough notice, someone could have fallen through that thing. That's fucking dangerous. And Red Alert does, in fact, uh, he does not mind the gap. He falls straight through the gap. <laughs> well, he's offering his hand to other people. So, like, this, it's a very easily jumpable gap. But mm-hmm. he's still like, hey, grab my hand. I'll help you on. And then just Sky Tread or somebody gets, like, shoots him. And he's just like, whoa, and he falls. I'm like, oh, no, Red Alert's dead. But he's not. No, he's not. Um, Because my brain was like, oh, yeah, Red Alert's dead because we have Ratchet now. So we don't need Red Alert. Also, I referred to it in my notes as he fell through the couch cushions. <laughs> Someone fish him back out of there. And also, while you're down there, can you, see, you can find a remote? <laughs> Alita's like, fucking whatever. Pew. Optimus and Alita have to have their moment here. Uh, they shot Sky Tread at least so they, like, like. It, this felt odd to me because it was just like they were just under threat of laser attack. And now Alita is like, I'm staying on the planet, actually. Yeah, it seems like a really good time for conversation. So um, Optimus tries to say, like, I'll cover everyone. Get in. And Alita's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Someone needs to stay to fight for what's left of Cybertron. And Optimus tries and he's like, I, I don't know, dude. And she goes. For her being such a stickler for not really, um... <laughs> understanding the non-existent details of Optimus's plan up to this point. She sure is like, well, the Allspark is gone. I guess I'll stay on Cybertron and question mark? The planet that I don't know is going to die potentially because the Allspark is gone. Because we need an A-team and a B-team, so. And you already have some women on that ship, I can see. So I guess I'll stay here and be the girl boss of Cybertron. And Chromia's in the background like, I wanted to be the girl boss of Cybertron. Too bad. You can be the girl boss of getting your ass blown up. Alita echoes the, this isn't the future that I envisioned for us, but it's the future worth fighting for. Whatever. And they leave Alita alone. And there's like several blasts of lasers here. They don't even know for sure who has gotten on the ship yet. (laughs) She is fine. There is at least a moment where like, it's a really dour looking Ironhide is like, has his hands on the controls and Optimus is like, Ironhide now and it's like <laughs> and before like before punching it ironhide now might be a strange time but you're, you've been promoted your military uh, commander a, a position now. <laughs> a position has recently opened up <laughs> the arc blasts off towards the space bridge and flies right in and there's a bunch of silence and everybody seems to be under the impression that everybody fucking died Kristen. yeah i'm not sure again they seem to maybe they're just really negative people i don't know Dawn rises on Cybertron here, I guess, because the sky's all purple. There were people running everywhere. Sure. Apparently Alita was fine. I tried to run from the distraction. You know, I didn't even care. I don't know what you're saying, and I want you to fucking stop. <laughs> 1999, my prince. Either way. Great. Megatron and Alita and everybody. Red Alert, who's clutching his chest. The not girl boss of Cybertron, Chromia. Everybody's just looking at the space bridge ring and red alert. I just kind of, he kind of hobbles in and he's like, did we win? <laughs> and Olivia's like, no. <laughs> That's why I didn't, do you think I would have gotten on that ship if I didn't thought it was going to um, not make it? No. I stayed here for a reason, dude. <laughs> we need to avenge the lives of every Autobot that died on that ship. 
genuinely the way that this was presented was so confusing to me that i thought what she was saying was well it's too bad that all of us didn't make it onto the ship but because of all of the people whose lives were sacrificed in the process of this happening we should stay it's good that we're here on cybertron still and can be the last line of defense especially because when, when the ship went away i was like what about all ratchet's patience <laughs> And Jetfire lands here in front of them and goes, you won't be doing it alone. And then we get just blackness. And I guess the ARC's computer turning back on saying, warning, approaching vessel. Really quick. Yes. I will forgive all of the weird shit with Alita and Optimus from this season. If in next season, Jetfire and Alita have a cool (laughs) relationship. (laughs) And it turns into a love triangle because she thinks Optimus is dead. That sounds fucking terrible, Kristen. No, that's what I want. Give it to me. She needs to get over her prejudices of not dating former slaves. That's the end of the series. The computer lights up here. That's the end of season one. Whoa, cliffhanger. What's going to happen? Whoa. Whoa. Yeah, um, their asses are not dead. Kristen, I had stated on one of the recent recordings here that the trailer for season two came up so uh earthrise so we're gonna have that's you w- right watch that real quick and just kind of can i give you my first impression right off the bat go for it optimus is in the thumbnail so he's probably still alive whoa <laughs> mm-hmm. so i'm gonna watch that give me a second Ba-na-na-na. you know what this show needed joe what's that more robots not just more robots i mean the the trailer is decent i guess the the thing i'm trepidatious about a few things i'd say most of them being i hope it gets a little brighter or the colors get a little less drab so my impression watching that was huh this sure does look basically exactly like siege (laughs) like plot wise it seems like all the same stuff is going on they just kind of scooted somewhere else seems like less of a trilogy more like a season two but okay now, to be fair, I think that a lot of the shots that are definitely still on Cybertron, like most, like you could see that Red Alert or Chromia or Alita or Jetfire, pretty much all still on Cybertron. The only real shots we get of the people who are like left on the arc is Bumblebee strangling the white Bumblebee with the mm-hmm. scavenger logo on them or whatever, the mercenary logo. Yep. Wheeljack floating in space, presumably reactivating the arc. No, he's doing a um, Space Odyssey thing. <laughs> Daisy Daisy. He's Yeah, he's turning off HAL 9000. And yeah. uh, Optimus talking to the mercenary guy who says, there are no factions out here. I think Bumblebee is like, see, I told you, I'm not the only one. Now, given that, I was like, it, it, the way that it felt to me, Earthrise... And that most of the new toys in the Earthrise line were, like, real, not Cybertronian vehicles, which almost all of the Siege ones were. Like, all (laughs) all of them, I want to say, that they are on Earth. But from what it looks like, Earthrise is the act of the Earth, like, rising from behind the moon. So, I don't know if they're going to be hanging out on the moon. Oh, no, Joe, I have some bad news. What's that? The moon goes around the, the earth. What? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's kind of the opposite of what you're thinking. However, whatever, you know what I mean. Perspective <laughs> is different, Kristen. Everybody thought the earth was the center of the universe for a long time. Look how fucking stupid they what? were. What? Since when? 
See, I can do it too, you asshole. <laughs> no release date yet on that, obviously. I'm sure that we'll be doing it when it happens. I'm not holding my breath. This whole Siege series was not bad. I feel it's weird because I want to use words like fine, but my brain is like, is that too generous? <laughs> like, I, I didn't hate it, which I think is absolutely a positive thing. It was a fine diversion into Transformers, like modern Transformers media set against our thing that we were doing on the G1 cartoon, which is batshit insane. Yes. It'll be very interesting to go back to that. And maybe I'm almost worried it's going to feel crazier, (laughs) which I don't know if my heart can take that. Now's the point in the evening where we'll list off all of the fun contact things where you can find us. You can follow us on the Twitter machine at CWTAPod. You can follow me at Marina Kazam. You can find us on the Apple Podcasts, on the SoundCloud, on the Stitcher Radio, on the YouTube, even. Leave a rating, give a review, do whatever you feel like. You can also drop us a line, cwtapod at gmail.com, where you can tell us all about how to fly your spaceship into a warp gate without making it explode, and how to properly defend your companions when they're in danger of getting ripped apart by zombies. Two pieces of advice that would have been super helpful for the Autobots this episode. So, Kristen, closing the book on Siege here, it definitely was a sort of spur-of-the-moment thing. I believe we were, like, two or three days away from recording Dinobot Island Part 1, and I was suddenly just like, why don't we Why don't we just watch this? And we did, so we're going to be getting, hopefully, some fucking Grimlock next time. So, uh, we already posted the Insecticon Syndrome in the middle of all this, too, so the next time you will be seeing us... Will indeed be Dinobot Island Part 1, and let's hope that the insanity is not too insane, Kristen. <laughs> sure. Me Grimlock Munch mail. And the checks in the mail. 